Our Lord in today's Gospel says, Be nothing solicitous. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the divine office, which is really an extension of the Holy Mass, as I've mentioned before, at the hour of Matins, we begin reading today the history of Job of the Old Testament. And the Holy Ghost, who is the author of sacred scripture, he holds up to us the virtues of this great man. We are told right there in scripture that Job was simple, upright, that he feared God and avoided evil. You might say, though, he was living the life, so to speak. And the scriptures say that he was great among all the peoples of the East. He was a rich man. He had 10 children. He was very rich, as I said. He owned 7,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and a family that is servants exceedingly great. Well, everyone knows what happened to poor Job next. God permitted so many trials to befall him that any other man would certainly have fallen through frailty if he were not helped by God's grace. So the oxen were out plowing and the donkeys were grazing when the Sabaeans rushed in and stole all of it and killed the servants on top of it. Just as Job was receiving this bit of news, another servant came in with more news. He told, <clears throat> told him that lightning had struck his sheep and some other servants, and they too were dead. And no sooner did he finish than another servant came in. And this servant came to tell him that the Chaldeans had just taken away his camels and killed his servants. And yet another servant came in with the sad news that all ten of his children were killed when the house they were in was destroyed by a very strong wind. Then his health was taken away. And of course, his wife was no help at all, saying to Job, Do you still continue in your simplicity? Just bless God and die. And his friends, they were more of a bother to him than a help. He had lost everything in a single day. Yet we know from Scripture that he kept his patience, being absolutely resigned to whatever divine providence sent his way, and even receiving all his losses just as he received his gains. Pope St. Gregory the Great, in the second Nocturne of Matins, he writes, The Holy Scriptures tell us of the works of the saints and stirs up the hearts of us weaklings to follow them. Its purpose in telling us about their good deeds is to strengthen our weakness to strive against sin. And so he continues, And so by the words of the Scripture, it comes to pass that the soul trembles less at the battle 
for she sees how many times the enemies before her have been beaten by brave men like Job. Personally, I've always found it a bit discouraging in the pastoral life when, after telling someone about the virtues of such and such a saint and urging the person to imitate the virtues of that saint, to be met with the retort, yes, Father, but that man was a saint. I am not. Well, the proper response to that objection is this. Sure, but before he was a saint, he was not a saint. He was just as weak as you and me. And I'm sure on top of it all that no saint, when he picked up a book on the lives of the saints, ever made that kind of an excuse. Rather, he would have said, if this man could do it, could become a saint, well, then so can I. He's made of the same stuff. It has the same weakness that I have, but God's grace will support my weakness. Now, the wonderful thing about the saints that you don't often find in their biographies is that they were human. They were wonderfully, stupendously human. And they felt the weight of crosses and the sting of losses and had all of the same ever-changing moods that you and I have from day to day. Take, for example, St. Martha. Before she became the great saint of charity that she is known as today, Scripture tells us that she was anxious. She was troubled about many things. You mothers who sometimes get discouraged because you're troubled about those many things, setting the table and washing the dishes, you're in good company. Saint Perpetua, that great martyr, she wrote about her time in prison. Now one would expect to hear or to read in this diary of this martyr that prison for her was a paradise, that it made her feel so close to God and that never before had she ever been happier. But it wasn't that that she told us. Instead, writing on the day of her imprisonment, she called it a day of horror. And she said that she worried. Whoa, worried? Really? A saint? Yes. She felt worried about her child. She worried so much that she herself became ill until the child was allowed to come back to her, at which point she actually recovered her health. Or we think of Mother Cabrini, the great missionary to the Italians in the United States. She fell into a creek when she was seven years old and nearly drowned. For the rest of her life, she was always afraid of water. St. Thomas Aquinas, that great, that great saint, was deathly afraid of lightning. 
he hid in thunderstorms. Venerable Francis Lieberman, he was a priest who was a convert from Judaism. He was quite sensitive and he scared easily. He, he tells us in his books that he was anxious because he had once disappointed his father. He had a sort of anxiety about that. He worried about his health a lot and he was so anxious that for a while he was even afraid to cross bridges because he was worried he might throw himself off of it. And St. Rose of Lima was scared to death of the dark. See? The saints. Before the saints were saints, they were not saints. They were everyday human beings like you and me. Some of them even were terrible, terrible sinners. Okay, sure, we're all weak, and we often fall into faults of impatience, discouragement, and all the rest. We are a little bit like Martha, troubled and anxious about so many things. But this is why we should pray, along with the church today, because the frailty of man without thee, O God, cannot but fall, keep us ever by thy help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation, through Christ our Lord. Okay, now listen. This is the point, really. Do you know why many... Well, Father Chicotta used to tell us young priests there are three reasons why a person gives up the faith or stops practicing the spiritual life. He says the first one is because he doesn't want to give up lust. The second is he is too prideful. But the third is because he is inclined to discouragement. To this third class, those who easily get discouraged, I'm talking now. Do you know why many of us do not become saints? It's because already going into the battle, we have a defeatist mentality. And we are defeatist because, why? Because we trust in ourselves rather than our Lord, which is why we fall so often and why when we fall, we convince ourselves that we'll never make it. You see, this is the secret of the way to sanctity. It is to see our weakness, to look at it, to stare at it, and to know that we are helpless all by ourselves and still not to be tr overly troubled by that, but rather to turn to our Lord because he is strong when we are weak. He is almighty when we are nothing. He is merciful when we have sinned. The saints were not defeated by the realization of their own weakness, but were instead encouraged by the strength of God, just like you are doing today. They also read this exact same gospel in this Mass. And from it, 
they received courage and a great trust in our Lord. Because here's the thing. When you look at the birds of the air and the lilies of the field and how beautiful they are, how God provides for all of their natural needs, how much more you, the scripture tells us. He will take care of not only your bodily needs, but more especially your spiritual. Rest on his providence. But finally, as a sort of practical thing to do after this sermon, take that gospel home with you. Read it later today and read it every day. Think about it, meditate on it, because in that gospel our Lord gives you seven reasons why you should trust in him and be not solicitous. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.